Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goal Line Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Seifer, also known as No Huddle NFL on TikTok and Instagram. That is No Huddle NFL with no capitals and no spaces. Week 10 of the season just passed. Really interesting week. We're really starting to understand which teams are legitimate contenders and which ones aren't. And then we're also getting huge wrenches thrown into the entire situation. Whenever you think a team is good, they lose to the 49ers by 20 or a team that had a bad week last week, like the Bills, ended up destroying a team this week. We're in that point of the season where we're seeing a lot of teams, such as the Buccaneers this week, losing to Washington, lose these trap games, as I like to call them. They're great teams losing to teams that you think wouldn't even stand a chance, right? These are trap games. These are when teams, you know, underestimate another team because, well, some teams, uh, they're proven not to really be able to compete at this moment, such as the Lions. So a team like the Steelers, they're just like, okay, we're playing the Lions this week. Let's take it easy and start preparing for the week after this because we know we're already going to beat them. But then the problem is, here comes game day, and you end up tying with them. That's what makes the NFL so great. You never really know anything. You think a team's good, and then they lose to a terrible Washington team. Or you think a team's bad, and then they start winning a lot of games. Or you think one major injury, like Derrick Henry getting hurt for the Titans, is going to all of a sudden derail a team, but that team is still lighting it up. That's what makes the NFL so great. It's completely unpredictable. Completely unpredictable. You don't know which teams are going to win. You could guess. And there's some teams that have a higher chance than others. But nothing is set in stone until it's over. That's what makes the NFL so great. All right. I want to start this episode by talking about the Chiefs. Right, I haven't really talked about them in I would say two or three weeks, but last time I talked about them, I, I was not I was not singing their praises, to say the least. I was saying that this Chiefs team might not even make the playoffs. Like I was really getting to that point, which is hard to imagine because going into this year, you would think, and everyone thought the Chiefs were gonna light it up because there's nothing when you look at their roster. You wouldn't really expect regression, right? Well, for some reason, the Chiefs regressed heavily, and they were not playing well. Yet another example of how unpredictable the NFL is. But this week, they looked like the Super Bowl contender we all expected them to be. Patrick Mahomes played a great game, throwing five touchdowns, 406 yards. Tyreek Hill looked explosive, and he's always been that type of player. And I I wouldn't say there really was a point in the year where he didn't look explosive. The only problem was he would make stupid mistakes. He would start running before even catching the ball. It doesn't matter how fast you can run if you're not going to catch the ball, Tyreek. A lot of interceptions were caused by his drops this year. 
and just a lot of missed big plays because Tyreek Hill was dropping balls. But in this game against the Raiders, I don't think he had a drop. Mahomes looked like the $500 million quarterback he's supposed to be. And that's a great sign for Chiefs fans. Great sign. Because when Patrick... This goes without saying, obviously. But if Patrick Mahomes is playing well, that offense is going to play well. Pretty obvious, I know. But I'm, I'm just saying, Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys, I don't care how bad your running game is. I don't care if players like Tyreek Hill aren't playing the best. Big plays are going to happen when you have a guy like Mahomes. He could be throwing the ball to anyone. I don't care who. Big plays are going to happen because Mahomes is just a great player like that. You look at that Super Bowl last year against the Buccaneers. He had no offensive line. He was getting he was there was pressure in his face nearly every play. And he was getting sacked while throwing the ball. Like half of his throws, I would say. And yeah, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you get my point. If you were watching that game, you know what I'm talking about. And he would still keep his team, you know, afloat. There were a couple of times where I was like, you know, you could literally just not have an offensive line and he would still be playing out of his mind. I I, I mean, it's crazy to say that, but you look at that Buccaneers game from last year. When Mahomes is like at the top of his game, it doesn't matter what his surrounding cast is. Of course I'm exaggerating when I'm saying he could still play well without an offensive line. That That's a complete exaggeration. But you get my point. If you watch that game, it doesn't matter if he's getting tackled. It doesn't matter if he has a clean pocket. He's going to throw the ball in the perfect spot. Or at least he has the potential to do that. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be standing up. He can make these throws while he's diving. He can make these throws with his left hand. He can make these throws without looking. He is a magician. Okay? It is amazing what he could do and how he could do it. He is, in when Mahomes is playing at the top of his game, there's not a quarterback that does it better than him. And I don't just mean right now. From a talent standpoint, when Mahomes is playing his best game, there's not another quarterback that could do what he does. No one else. No one else. Mahomes is a great quarterback. This goes without saying. For those of you that forgot because he had a couple of bad games, he could he could still do it. He could still throw for 406 yards and five touchdowns. And I, I'm not expecting it to slow down at all. The defense doesn't need to be great. As long as it could be around the league average, this team should be able to contend. As long as they're not playing like the worst defense in the league, which they were playing like that earlier, they should be perfectly fine. If Mahomes keeps playing like this, if Tyreek Hill keeps playing well, 
doesn't keep dropping balls leading to interceptions. There, there was one particular throw from that Chiefs game against the Raiders that was risky, but that's the type of quarterback Mahomes is. To Daryl Williams, great, play, great catch by Daryl Williams, great ball by Mahomes. Stupid decision, but that's, that's who Mahomes is. He's going to make plays out of nothing. But sometimes... Doesn't really go according to plan. When he's trying to make a big play out of nothing, he throws an interception. And that's what they're going to have to try and limit without getting rid of his big playmaking ability, which is really hard to do. Because his biggest strength is also his biggest weakness. When he's trying to avoid four sacks and then throw it 80 yards down the field, with his left hand, without looking. Bad things are going to happen sometimes. But other times, <laughs> you're going to see a great play like you did on Sunday night against the Raiders with Darrell Williams. He's just that type of quarterback. His biggest strength is also his biggest weakness. And his biggest weakness is his biggest strength. His desire to make a big play out of nothing, no matter the situation... Is what makes him so good. But at the same time that I could see them lose. And they have lost a couple of games because of his desire and need to do that. But still, I, I think Mahomes is still a great quarterback. And he showed it that he still can play great football despite a couple of bad games this season. Five touchdowns and 406 yards, That's that. those are great numbers. Those are really, really good numbers. If he could keep playing like this, as long as he continues to not throw interceptions, this team's great. Team's really, really good. They are. They can still be the team that we all expected them to be. Now let's move on to the Carolina Panthers, another team that started the season great and kind of fell off a cliff. I didn't think the Panthers signing Cam Newton was like a big deal. I'm not going to lie. I thought everyone was overreacting. I thought P.J. Walker, still the guy for them after losing Sam Darnold. They just needed death behind him. They just thought, oh, what's a good way to get the media surrounding us? Oh, yeah, let's bring in Cam Newton. Seems I was wrong. I was very wrong. If you told me that Cam Newton was going to have a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown in a 34-10 to win against the Arizona Cardinals, I would have called you crazy. No way I thought that that was going to happen. Well, it did. Cam Newton didn't even play all the snaps. It was mainly the P.J. Walker show. But when Cam Newton was on the field, good things happen. And he, he, he played a large leadership role on that team despite not being with them for much longer than a couple of days. Says a lot about him as a person. Says a lot about how much respect the locker room already has for him. And I think that that's the main reason Matt Rule wants to give him the 
most of the first team reps in practice this week because of how much the locker room already respects him. I think that's the main factor. The the people the players on the team already love him. And that's why. Yeah, is PJ Walker bad? I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. I think he is a high caliber backup. I definitely think he is. And I I mean we saw in the XFL he he can make all the throws. He has the athletic ability. But I mean Cam Newton's Cam Newton. It's hard for you to justify starting the former XFL quarterback over the former MVP of the NFL. Hard to justify that. And I think that's like the main reason that they're starting him now or planning on starting him because the locker room already loves him because the media already loves him. And let's be honest, they they need a spark like that. The Panthers need a spark like that. And honestly, I think if Cam Newton plays somewhat decently and this offense can be somewhat decent with how the defense has been playing, I think that this team can sneak into the playoffs. If Joe Brady can alter his offense a little bit for Cam Newton and take advantage of his strengths, this team can go places. Because I I noticed something very, very blatant with this team after McCaffrey got hurt. And that is that once you take away McCaffrey from this offense, it is completely stagnant. They can't do anything without McCaffrey. All right? I, I mean, they. you look at the numbers. In their first three games when they had McCaffrey, and then once they lost him, the offense completely fell apart. Completely. I think Cam Newton can make up for what you lose in McCaffrey. Because once you get rid of McCaffrey on that Panthers offense, and he, let's be honest with ourselves, he gets injured a lot. Very likely he gets injured again. I, I'm just saying, because the workload he gets. The Panthers can't make big plays without McCaffrey. You take McCaffrey off that offense, they don't really have like a reliable, consistent, move-the-chains type of guy. They have Terrence Marshall, a great red zone target. I'm not going to lie. Robbie Anderson is a big play threat if he could catch the ball, which he hasn't really been able to do. And then DJ Moore... Yeah, I, I would say he's the best after you lose McCaffrey. He's probably the best move the change guy. But, like, he's good. I wouldn't say good enough. For the, for this team to go to the places that they can go to, they're going to need Cam Newton to make big plays, and I think he can. I think him, with with the threat that he adds to the offense, on his legs, running the ball, I think he could be their big move-the-chains type of guy. What you're losing in your offense when McCaffrey is gone and now you can't really check the ball down, I think you can make up for it with that read option that Cam Newton has basically trademarked. Like, he's been so good with it 
at his, during his entire career. When I think Reed Opson, I think 2015 Cam Newton. I don't know about you guys. Cam Newton adds a lot to this offense from a scheme standpoint. And the mobility that he adds to the team with his ability to run, that makes it so much harder to play defense against this team. And I was talking about McCaffrey a little bit, right? But I just want to quickly mention something I've been thinking about for a while. The Panthers are in a huge dilemma with McCaffrey, all right? They pay, They gave him a four-year, $64 million deal, which with his talent, it's understandable. But the problem is running backs can't stay healthy. They can't. It's just not possible. In today's league, it's it's very difficult for a running back to stay healthy. So, I I always say, just don't really pay them big money. Because there's no real way for that to work out. The problem is the Panthers are going to try and get their money worth from McCaffrey. Make him the bread and butter to the offense. But his body can't lat. His body can't survive that workload. In his first game back, he had 13 carries and 10 receptions. First game back. It's, he's only going to have more volume from this point going forward. So I, I think there's only two things you could do if you're the Panthers, right? You either don't really use him as much as you want to, but then you're not getting your money worth. Or you use him as much as you want to, and he just keeps getting injured. There's no winning in this scenario. There's no way for it to work out. And that's what sucks about it. That's what really sucks about it. I'm sorry I went on, like, a different path with that. But I'm just saying, talking about the Panthers, I've been thinking about that for a while. They're in a tough situ- They're in a tough spot with McCaffrey and how much they're paying him. But overall, I think if Cam Newton can play well with this team, if Joe Brady can do a good job adjusting the offense for Cam Newton, this team can sneak into the playoffs and do pretty well with that defense that they've been dominant all year. That defense has been dominant all year. I could see them sneaking in with the seven seed if Cam Newton plays well. Now, another thing I want to talk about. We all saw that huge upset, Rams against the 49ers. 49ers crushed them. Crushed them. In prime time on Monday night. And I keep seeing, I keep hearing and seeing people say, oh, the Rams played such a bad game that... How did they play that bad? Didn't they just get Odell Beckham? Why did everything go wrong? Uh, here they are giving away all their draft picks for these players, and they're going to go ahead and lose to the 49ers on primetime by a very large margin. Are you kidding me? I get it. The Rams play bad. Yes, I can. I'm not going to defend them. But I don't think enough people are giving the 49ers their credit. For this win. I see way more people blaming the Rams. Than I do. See people. Give the 49ers credit. 
because they played a damn good game. And I think that no one is giving them the credit they deserve. No one. The 49ers were managing the clock all game. They were keeping Stafford off the field, running the clock, running the ball against a good defense. I mean, it's hard to run the ball against Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Like, that's really difficult to do. So, how did the 49ers running game get going? Well, I I talked about this guy last week. I was kind of talking shit on him. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really talk, talk him up. I didn't really give him his credit. Kyle Shanahan. I was saying he was on the hot seat. And I love the guy. I think his play design is extremely unique. And there's not a single person that calls plays quite like him. His offense is so unique, I haven't seen anyone be able to replicate it. I've seen people try, and I'm still seeing people try, but it's really difficult to do. Kyle Shanahan's mind just works completely differently from everyone else's. His play design was so creative and unique in that game. That's why they won. Because you look on paper, the Rams' defense had more than enough talent to shut down the 49ers' offense. So how did the 49ers not just get their offense going, not just score points, but control the game on offense? How did the 49ers do that? Play design. That's the name of the game. It, you, When people look at football, they're thinking about the players and, oh, this player is better than this one. That's why they're going to win because this player is going to make plays and they won't. No, it, it starts at the X's and O's of the sport. Very old school, very cliche, I know. Okay, but the way that Kyle Shanahan designed this offense is what let them win. The creativity that he has, it's unheard of. There's no way to prepare to play against Kyle Shanahan because it seems like every game he pulls some crazy, just unimaginable play out of his ass. And it works. I mean, you look, they they put Debo Samuel at running back for a couple of plays. Gave him, like, I think eight carries. The way they use George Kittle to block their blocking schemes. Oh my god, the blocking schemes. It's great. I mean, like I said, you look at the players that the Rams have on defense, and then you look at the players the 49ers have on offense. The 49ers should not be able to run the clock on the Rams. They shouldn't be able to pound the ball down their throat every play. But they were able to because they were forcing their attention on Debo Samuel and the jet sweep. And then they also have to, of course, try and stop the inside run. So here they are trying to stuff that up. Oh, and here comes George Kittle absolutely laying out Von Miller. I'm not sure if you saw that play, but he humiliated him. And then just when they completely dedicate all their defensive players... To the run. Here comes a pass play. Eight-yard curl to George Kittle. Or Debo Samuel. Or Brandon Ayuk. 
But then that that's what makes it so great. Notice that I said eight yards, right? You may think, oh, that's kind of underwhelming considering how much they were trying to build up the passing game by repeatedly running the ball. You think that they would try and take advantage a little bit more than that. If they've been running the ball so much, you would think they might in, might as well just go and try and take a big shot down the field. They definitely could have, but they didn't want to because they didn't want to let Matthew Stafford back into the game. That is the great coaching that I expect from Kyle Shanahan, a guy I know I was bashing him for like 10 minutes last week. But now I'm back on the Kyle Shanahan trade. He is such a good offensive mind. I, yet again, I'm not very sure about him as a head coach because it is hard to defend him with, you know, you look at some of the numbers, you look at his record as a head coach, especially if you ignore that 2019 season. It It's hard to justify him keeping his job. But it's games like this that remind me, Kyle Shanahan, he's a great coach. Maybe not a head coach, but he's a great coach. Now, another thing that I want to talk about is the Patriots game. A lot of people watched it, and a lot of people finally realized, Mac Jones is that guy. Mac Jones, he was getting so much hate during the draft process because of the players he was surrounded by. But people need to realize, don't judge players off the talent around them. Judge them off the talent that they have. Like, you think that would be obvious, but it's crazy how many people said that he would be a bust because he played for Alabama. Like, I get the narrative, but if you actually watched him play, you would know. Pro-ready. And can really do... Everything you want from a quarterback. Am I saying he's some incredible prospect? No. I didn't I didn't have him going over Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. I had him going number three. And I, I think the 49ers are regretting the decision to take Trey Lance already. That's what I think. Mac Jones is not the type of guy to do what, you know, Zach Wilson will eventually be doing in the future. You're not going to, you know, roll out right after breaking two sacks and throw the ball 50 yards down the field across his body. Not going to happen. But, I mean, you talk about what you want from a quarterback. He's so special. In the, he's so special in the fact that there isn't a major flaw that he has that's easily exploitable. And it's hard to say that about a rookie quarterback. Really hard to say that. Normally, when you say pro-ready, you know, you don't actually mean they could come right into the league and start lighting it up like Mac Jones's. Not even lighting it up, being as efficient as Mac Jones's. That's not what people mean when they say pro-ready. They mean that they have a high floor. But they'll still make a couple of mistakes. Mac Jones, he, the second he got drafted, he could have played. It was clear from that first preseason game, he was ready. It was clear. He wasn't... I never, for a second, after seeing him play that first preseason game, thought, 
this guy's going to have a bad game throwing like three interceptions. Not going to happen. He isn't going to make rookie mistakes. He's yet to make rookie mistakes. He's pro-ready. Completely pro. He takes the he takes the term pro-ready to an entirely new st- stratosphere. He, there isn't a major flaw that you could just exploit, which you can't say that about 99% of rookie quarterbacks. Throws a good ball. He makes good reads. He's accurate. He's a good decision maker. He's calm in the pocket. He throws a good deep ball. His arm is strong enough to throw into tight windows. There's just no major flaw that teams can be like, oh, this is what we got to force him to do. I mean, I guess if you force him to go off script and improvise, he's not going to be great at it. But that you're playing the Patriots, dude. The Patriots are not the type of team that's going to have their quarterback go off script. And even if you get him to, you know, go off script and, you know, make these huge improvisation plays, He's not going to, like, throw an interception. If anything, he'll just throw the ball out of bounds because he's a smart football player. He executes their offense so well to damn near perfection. He runs this offense at such a high level. It's crazy that he's a rookie. He is the definition of efficiency at the quarterback position. And the craziest thing about this is let's just put this season to the side for now, right? Mac Jones is a rookie. He's only going to get better, although I don't think his ceiling is much higher than where he is right now. But still, he's only going to get better. And you look at that offense from a talent perspective, they have a great offensive line with Trent Brown, who is an absolute stud at offensive tackle. But you look at the weapons specifically, they don't really have much. In terms of pass catchers, they don't have much. They have two very good tight ends. But receivers specifically, bone dry in that area. If you get Mac Jones, you know, a legitimate target to throw the ball to, he's going to put up some massive, amazing numbers. And let's be honest with ourselves, it won't be long until they find their next Julian Edelman. Until they find their next Rob Gronkowski. They'll find someone to give to Mac Jones, eventually. But the really special thing about this team isn't even the offense. I've been going on about their offense, and specifically Mac Jones, because Mac Jones has had a career day against the Browns. The defense doesn't have many big names, but... It's great. Every player has their own role, and they all play their roles perfectly. The Patriots' defense is the real highlight of the team, and it's always been like that since Belichick went there. Since Bel- For the past two decades, it's always been, you know, top-notch defense with an efficient offense led by a quarterback that can't exactly make big plays, but a super efficient quarterback that manages the game. That's o- that's always been the formula for success in New England. 
I'll be back after a short break. When I come back from this break, I'm going to be talking about my top 10 teams, my current power rankings after week 10. It's a shorter episode, I know, but I have homework, so sue me. And we are back. I didn't lie about the homework thing, by the way. I am kind of in a rush to get this done because I have homework. So let me get right into this top 10. My 10, I have the Chiefs. I haven't had them in the top 10 for a while, all right, because they haven't really been playing too great. But I I, I just have a feeling they aren't going to slow down after this. I honestly think this is going to be the lowest that I have them for a while. I think the Chiefs, we're going to see them climb these rankings all the way to probably the top three. I think the Chiefs are only going to prove that they are still the team we thought they were going into this year. They have so much talent on offense, and the defense, I mean, is it good? Not really, but it's not as bad as it was. It's starting to step up a little bit. So, I mean... I still think that this is a great team with a great coach, a lot of talent, and they're going to be climbing these rankings a lot over the past, over the next couple of weeks. Number nine, I have the Cleveland Browns. I'm pretty sure they dropped like five spots, I want to say, since last week. I'm pretty sure I had them at number four last week. But that loss to the Patriots really really should scare Cleveland fans, all right? I'm not going to have them drop all the way out of the top 10 because of it. I'm just saying that loss didn't look good at all. They got crossed by the Patriots in that game. Crossed. But I'm expecting them to bounce back. I mean, Miles Garrett, still a great defensive player, probably defensive player of the year so far. Just overall, that defense as a whole is great. With Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, he's had a very good rookie season when he's healthy. And the offense, too. I mean, they have a lot of talent. That offensive line is probably the best offensive line in the entire league. Their running game is really strong. It didn't look very strong against the Patriots, obviously. But I'll just take it as, you know, a fluke. And it's not like the Patriots are a bad team. They're a good team. Spoilers, I have them in this top 10. They're a good team. It's not like they lost to the Jaguars or something like that. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's one bad game. I expect them to bounce back. Number 8, I have the Rams. Another team that got killed last week. The difference is the Browns lost to the Patriots, which is a team I consider very good. The Rams lost to the 49ers. So why do I have the Rams ahead of the Browns? The, it's just talent, man. It's just talent. The talent the Rams have is just incredible. They have the most talented roster in the league. A great coaching staff. O- Odell Beckham, Von Miller, those are two huge additions. They're going to take some time to get used to you know the new team. But once they do... This team is going to be borderline unstoppable. Okay, I, I still think this team is going to go on to win the Super Bowl. But I'm not going to put them at number one after a terrible game like that. Okay, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, 
Matthew Stafford hasn't really played that well, but I still expect them to have a great season going forward. Stafford's on a little bit of a slump, but once it ends, we're going to start talking about this team like the Super Bowl contender that they are. Number seven, Buccaneers, another team that lost last week. They didn't get killed quite like the Rams and Browns, but they still lost, and it was to a pretty bad team. The Buccaneers need to kind of get their shit together. I'm not going to lie. They have a great roster, although they have a lot of injuries in the secondary. Still a great roster. But losing to Washington, that is not a good look. Washington is not a good football team. So losing to a team like that after winning the Super Bowl last year, embarrassing. Embarrassing. But I'm expecting a bounce back, much like every other team that I've said. I'm expecting a bounce back. The Buccaneers have so much talent. I'm not... It's a team led by Tom Brady. Tom Brady's on this team. They're not going to be playing this poorly for much longer. Tom Brady's probably getting on the team while I speak because he's just that type of leader. The offense has so much talent. Antonio Brown's coming back from injury. Rob Gronkowski's going to come back. This team is going to be rising up this power ranking, but right now they're kind of in a slump. Number six, I have Tom Brady's old team, the New England Patriots. I talked about them earlier in the episode, but they are... Very good. That win against the Browns was really, really convincing, and it really just put the whole league on notice and told everyone, yeah, Bill Belichick wants ring number seven or number nine if you want to include the two that he won with the Giants as a defensive coordinator. But he he's going for that ninth ring or seventh ring, whatever you want to say. Seventh ring as a head coach, ninth ring overall. He wants it, and if he didn't want it, he, w- he would be retired right now. This team is probably the least talented team on, on this top 10. I'll be honest, probably the least talented. But their scheme, their coaching is so good. I just said Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels does a really good job. Just overall, this team, I really like it. I think... It's not unlikely for them to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year, although having a rookie quarterback, it's hard to do that, make it to the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. But Mac Jones isn't like other rookie quarterbacks. He doesn't make mistakes like other rookies. He doesn't have the flaws that other rookies make. And overall, I just really, really like this team. I think they're going to make it far. Super Bowl, maybe not, but it is very possible. Number five, another AFC team, another AFC East team. The Buffalo Bills bounced back after a really tough loss to the Jaguars last week. They killed the Jets, killed them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I still think that they have the best defense in football. I'm not going to take that back. I think their defense is really, 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 really good. Tredavious White is great. Uh, they they do a really good job stopping the run. Star Lutelli in the interior of that defensive line. And then, of course, the offense, Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs finally had, like, an incredible game for the first time in a while. I mean, he's been good all year, but he hasn't been, like, great. 
this was his first like great game of the year. The Brian Dabble does a really good job designing the offense for the team. The Bills are just a damn good football team. I wasn't really worried after they lost to the Jaguars because like I said at the start of the episode, the NFL's unpredictable. Trap games happen. And that was just a trap game. Didn't really mean much. They bounced back right after. Now my number four. I have the Dallas Cowboys. Another team that bounced back after a tough week last week. Getting creamed by the Broncos. And now they got sick of receiving the absolute slaughter fest that they did against Denver. Now they wanted to give the slaughter fest. Now they wanted to be the ones destroying the other team. And they did that against Atlanta this week. Killed them. The defense played well. The offense played well. It was just a great game. And Michael Gallup, I'm expecting him to just have an increased role from this point going forward. CeeDee Lamb had a great game. Great game. This Cowboys team is really damn good. I think the only thing really holding them back is Mike McCarthy. But they've been able to overcome that so far this season, and I expect them to continue to do that. I think that they're, they make it deep in the playoffs this year. I really do. I think that this team is really, really good. The Dallas Cowboys, they don't have much competition in the AFC East, but they're a really good football team. When they play against a tough team, they still win because they themselves are a good football team. Don't let the fact that their wins are against bad teams, don't let that blind you of how good this team really is. Now, number three, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I get it. They lost this week, but they have Colt McCoy playing quarterback, all right? They don't have Chase Edmonds. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins. They're only going to get better. As they get healthier, they're only going to get better. They're still a really good football team. I don't really care if you lose with your backups in. All right? It's when you lose with your starters in. That's what worries me. If you lose with Colt McCoy playing quarterback, you have an excuse. Colt McCoy is the one playing quarterback. It's easy It's easy to lose a game with Colt McCoy playing quarterback. He. He's not very good. That goes without saying. Kyler Murray is much better than him. When Kyler Murray comes back, when DeAndre Hopkins comes back with him, this team is going to go back to lighting it up like they were. I don't really feel a need to elaborate more upon that. Number two, I have the Titans. They now I know the Titans barely beat the Saints this week, okay? But the, at least they still won. You look at a lot of the teams that, I, that are on this top ten list, the Browns lost, the Rams lost, the Buccaneers lost. It's it's hard for me to be like, oh, you barely won, so I'm going to have you fall far in this ranking. They still won, okay? And that was with Donta Foreman coming out of nowhere, and he had a pretty damn good game. I think we're going to see him kind of fill out that role that Derrick Henry played for them. Of course, Donta Foreman isn't even close to the type of player that Derrick Henry is, but he had a good game. He can help them make up for that loss. Ryan Tannehill has been having a very good year so far. And he's continuing to do that without Derrick Henry. Really, this entire team has proved me wrong. 
Because I've been saying, oh, without Derrick Henry, they're going to fall apart. I was wrong. I was very wrong. The defense has been playing really well, which surprised me a lot. I thought that the defense was going to suck. With Kevin Byard leading them, he's all of a sudden having a defensive player of the year caliber season. He's having a great year. And the defensive front is playing really well. And then on offense, even without Derrick Henry, even without Julio Jones, too, he isn't, he's on the IR. A.J. Brown is still having a good year. I don't even know who their wide receiver, two is. Used to be Josh Reynolds. They lost him. They waived him in free agency. So they really have a very weak offense in terms of talent. Now that they lost Derrick Henry, they lost Julio Jones. They have Ryan Tannehill just leading them to victory. All right? I mean, this Titans team, they've been playing really well, especially for a team that lost their best player to an injury. But number one, I don't feel like anyone is going to doubt this. The Packers. The defense has been killing it recently, and that's the main reason I have them here. Because we know Aaron Rodgers is good. We know any offense that has Aaron Rodgers is going to play well. I don't care that they didn't really play well against the, the Seahawks. It was Aaron Rodgers' first game back, getting used to the swing of things again. Once he starts to get his groove on, he's going to be lighting up him and Devontae Adams. But the defense is what really surprises me. They've been killing it. 58 points allowed in their last five games. That's a little bit over 11 points every game. That's crazy. Their their defense is playing out of their mind. Out of their mind. I, I mean, the, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones is coming back from an injury eventually. I, I think he's supposed to be gone for like three weeks. Once he comes back, I, I mean, the Packers are a damn good team with a really good defense. I love to see it. Love to see it. I mean, the only question is how... We know they're going to make the playoffs. We know that they're going to make it past, like, the divisional round. The question is, how do they make it past the NFC Championship this year? Because that's always been the roadblock for them. We'll just have to wait and see for that, right? And that's all we have for today on the Goal Line Podcast. If you want more content, check out No Huddle NFL on TikTok or Instagram. That's No Huddle NFL with no capitals and no spaces. And I'll see you next week.